generally if it's a sharpness or a catching type of pain it might be more of a compression or a, a lack of movement a, a movement restriction if it's an aching pain or a night pain there's more likely to be an inflammation And welcome to Shift with Chibra. I am your host, Chibra Vanetti. I am a certified sleep consultant for adults and children. I'm also a baby science program instructor and an Akashic light healing practitioner. And on Shift with Chibra, we have conversations with different health and wellness practitioners, digging deep into conversations that nourish our mind, body, and soul. And on today's episode, we will be talking about physiotherapy. To talk about physiotherapy, we have Melanie Myers, and Melanie is a physiotherapist based in Hong Kong with Physiomotion. Mel and I have known each other for more than 10 years, and I'm so happy that she's come on today's show to talk about physiotherapy and also her subspecialty as a lactation pain specialist physiotherapist. And she's going to be talking about what that is and how that's different from a lactation consultant and when you would want to go see a lactation pain specialist and also about, you know, physiotherapy in general and when you should go see a physiotherapist. We're going to talk about pain a little bit. Is it acceptable to just live with pain? The short answer is no. But tune into today's episode to learn a little bit more. And I hope you enjoyed today's content. Please subscribe to our channel, like the episode, share it with people that you think would benefit from this conversation. If you have suggestions for upcoming episodes do write into us our contact details are in the show notes below so i hope you enjoyed today's episode and thank you so much for tuning in hi mel thank you so much for coming on shift with shivra and i would just like to really kick things off you are a physiotherapist you're also you're basically pilates instructor physiotherapist and also a lactation pain specialist and I was just wondering, one, if you could maybe share your journey on how you became a physiotherapist and then also a lactation pain specialist and what that is, especially yeah. as well. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to speak with you. I was a very odd 13-year-old child who actually learned that she wanted to become a physiotherapist through playing netball. So, okay. so sport, which is very commonly how people first become exposed to maybe the profession of physiotherapy and I was playing netball in a tournament and there happened to be a physiotherapist there I'm not quite sure why at that age but they were and I'd sprained my ankle and we had to play the next day and she was able to give me the right advice a little bit of strapping some you know advice as to how to get myself through the next 24 hours so I could then play the next day and I was able to play the next day and I was amazed and I was like, wow, I want to be her. So that was really my introduction to the profession of physiotherapy and I wanted to always be able to help people and educate people. And that's how I came about physiotherapy, really. When it came to the lactation pain specialist, the clinic that I work for in Hong Kong is called Physiomotion and we deal with a lot of women's health issues. And we were dealing with people prenatally and then we were seeing them postnatally. And then, so we were helping them with their incontinence issues or their pelvic pain or low back pain issues. And then also a lot of them would have to cancel their treatment because they would have breast pain. And we were like, surely there's something that we can do for this. Physios deal with inflammation. We deal with getting rid of pain. So we decided that we'd look into where to train to how do you treat 
um, lactating breast pain. Mm. So I went down to Australia and I trained in Australia and that was about six or seven years ago now. So we're building the business and building Hong Kong's education about the service that we offer and it's going really well. That's amazing. Okay, congratulations on that. Tell me a little bit more then. I mean, we'll come to lactation pain in a second then again. But if we could just break down physiotherapy, I think most people kind of probably have either they know or they know someone who has obviously maybe sprained an ankle, twisted an ankle or has broken a limb or a bone basically and has to heal a limb. But what is physiotherapy really? What's the history of the discipline? What is its function? And do you only go to see a physiotherapist if you have to repair something essentially okay so the origins of physiotherapy dates back for many many years specializing in re-establishing optimal movement strength and function of individuals who are usually suffering with an illness an injury or a disability of some sort and its main aim is to promote the quality of life it's it was first practiced as far back as 1400 bc all right from physicians of hippocrates and gallen who were seen to use manual therapy techniques, massage therapy, exercise therapy, and hydrotherapy methods to treat their patients. So moving on from its historic roots, physiotherapy developed as a much more scientifically based treatment approach, became a licensed and registered profession where you aren't allowed to, to practice physiotherapy unless you have qualifications from a registered institute. As part of the licensing of, as, of a registered physiotherapist, a strong ethical code of conduct, upholding its members to adhere to. All right, so it's to this day, physiotherapy is a licensed and regulated profession. But in essence, physiotherapy has a long-standing history and its roots lie in healthy musculoskeletal and physical performance. All right, so it's evolved greatly since its origins, and now it encompasses many subspecialties ranging from cardiothoracic, neurological, pediatric, just to name a few. So physio's ultimate philosophy is to enhance health in all its facets. Right. Okay. Because, I mean, I guess most people are sort of under the impression that physiotherapy is just more about rehabilitation. Right. Is it more than just rehabilitation? Like, yeah. (laughs) I guess this comes down to the question of how we look at joints and muscles and... Yes of the body and really what we're looking for in physiotherapy is to accurately diagnose based on strong assessment skills which is imperative to treat the underlying cause of the patient's symptoms right so we focus on manual therapy so it's a hands-on technique uh, combined with a targeted exercise program to the region of the body needing that optimal therapy or treatment or to get the synergies and the movements and the strengths all working optimally together Mm. we take on a a very holistic approach so we look at the whole body all right so we are naturally looking specifically at each region of the body all right and this allows us to address the dysfunction of the body whether the origins are are joints neural structures muscles or any other soft tissue within the body Mm. so it's not necessarily as you, you described it as rehabilitation yes we are always rehabilitating but the fact is that we need to make sure that we've got the cause of the pain our main focus Mm, okay so the body is so interconnected and it's often very difficult to dissociate body regions as one primary cause of pain yeah so generally speaking acute injuries mainly require like initial treatment in the area of treatment of the injury but anything that is more chronic usually requires addressing multiple regions So the key is to understand the interplay between these key regions. 
Right. right. Yeah. And I think that because most people are probably familiar, like, oh, if I get into an accident, I'll go over and I'll just do people walk into physiotherapists for any other reasons besides rehabilitation? Like, what yeah. else can they go to a physiotherapist for? Typically, the main concern or complaint that people would come in for physiotherapy is if they're in some form of pain. Right. So if someone, you know, often what we need to get an understanding of is what that patient wants out of their physiotherapy. The fact that they've even come to physiotherapy often explains that they have consent and they're looking for help of some sort. Mm. So sometimes we get people that come in and they are more and more aware that their posture may be not quite right. And we rejoice in this when someone actually walks into the clinic without pain. It's like, well, good for you. You're actually empowering yourself to stop that pain from potentially being the issue. Mm. So yeah, that's uh, very uncommon, actually. I mean, it's nice to see when it does happen. Really, the main cause for people to, for seeking physiotherapy would be pain, stiffness in their body, some form of neurological tingling or numbness or of movement are usually the main causes for people to seek treatment right and so when you talk about because we talked about alignment as well and we also talked about specifically pain regions would because I know that you've done a training specifically in connect therapy and I think that's really interesting because I was being obviously a patient of you for so many years as well I was very fascinated that for an issue that would have been in part of my, I don't know, back that somehow somewhere in my lower back, it was related to, I don't know, my, my feet or my knees, or it was related to my neck or something like that. Yeah. Can you kind, I don't know if it's possible, but could you explain, I mean, cause people have to understand also what functionality of movement is. I think in general, since our whole lifestyle now is very sedentary, right? Like we sit at a laptop and that's our functional movement. I have to sit for long periods of hours. So maybe we can, break down two parts of this question. One is what is functionality? Like what is optimal functionality for our body actually? Like what should people be considering as functional movement? And then how is it that from your angle as a physiotherapist that you would look at the body, like how are different parts of the body connected to different parts, if that makes sense? People just think of it as isolated parts and they don't think, oh, your neck might be actually related to your foot. Yeah, absolutely. So functionality, if we're going to put a definition to functionality, it would be just optimal movement where your body is able to absorb the shocks of your activities of daily living, putting minimal stress through the, the areas of the body posturally, actively, and also being strong enough to withstand the stresses that are put through it on a day-to-day -day basis, whether that's sitting at a desk all day long, or whether that's going out to hike the hills or, or play rugby, for instance. So your functionality from person to person is very, very different, obviously, mm. depending on what is necessary. So a new mum requires a lot of very different movement strategies that they may not have needed. And also they've just had a pregnancy, which will have probably 99% of the time weakened their system somewhat. All right. Mm. So the most important part of, of our treatment, when someone comes into our clinic, the assessment aims to find the source of the pain of the dysfunction that the patient is presenting with. And this is where Physiomotion particularly believes that the assessment and a firm working diagnosis is of utmost importance. Effectively treat that patient's needs. We often call this finding the driver of their pain. 
All right, so this is also connect therapy term, but not wanting to talk too much about the connect therapy, mm. but this will make the treatment much more effective and result in faster pain relief. All right, so often where the pain presents itself is not the only or the actual structure that is causing the problem. For example, if you have a knee pain, all right, commonly the other regions of your body are actually causing the poor loading biomechanics through the joint. And that is what is actually causing the pain. So we try not to hone in on that one area that's causing the problem. So let's say if you lean to one side posturally due to a mild scoliosis, which is a curve in the spine, and that in turn causes a rotational torque in the knee, this can cause the pain and the loading of the knee joint. Okay, so in this case, the knee pain will only resolve if whatever is causing the scoliosis is actually addressed. So in this example, we aim to get to the root cause of the knee pain rather than just treating the symptom. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I mean, so the curvature of the spine obviously is affecting the alignment of how the knee is sitting. So instead of the knee sitting like this, one is actually turning out because of the curvature of the spine. And so in terms of your assessment, how do you guys usually assess when you're looking at an assessment of a person yeah so we go through the regions of the body and we will do a movement analysis so a structural movement analysis which involves a series of tests and they're pretty standard to begin with until we find a non-optimal strategy or something that's going off a what we call non-optimal movement that's actually loading the body in what we feel is not helpful Mm. so we will note that particular area of the body down and, and then we will continue through our movement strategies and see where else being causing a non-optimal strategy. And then we look at the interplay between those key regions of the body and see if we correct one area, does it offload the other or does it make it worse? And then we will obviously only treat the areas that make the pain or the symptom or the non-optimal movement strategy is quite difficult to sort of maybe not always hone in on the symptom, but mm. look dysfunction is actually happening and where in the movement that dysfunction is actually happening right okay so if we can give some examples in the clinic also you guys do you work with people with migraines and headaches if i remember correctly as well right right? and i mean obviously besides taking a panadol (laughs) or a paracetamol or putting some i don't know like some herbal sort of like tingly mentholy type medicine on your forehead you know your kunglong and your axe oil so your white oil white flower oil what exactly would you be looking for in a physiotherapy angle that's causing the migraine? Well, again, it comes down to where through the body is causing that unnecessary or un- non-optimal talk in the body that's loading up potentially the neck, which is shutting down the, the blood supply or the nerve supply to the head. Mm. So again, it comes down to looking at the feet, maybe how the feet, because that's one foundation that we stand on. The other main foundation would be the pelvis how is that sitting loading up the rest of your spine that's sitting on this pelvis that may be in some abnormal talk mm-hmm. then we also look at the rib cage and the, the thoracic rib cage which is the area of our body that should be able to be quite mobile and be able to absorb the shock and if that's mm-hmm. not you know, if that's very very compressed and also twisted because of massive muscle torque then that again is going to eventually event and overload the neck joints that sitting right it's really about the alignment of like stacking it almost like blocks like if one sort of is out word stacking and that's a word we use very very commonly to explain to patients that we want our body to stack evenly and optimally through from the bottom up or from the top down mm. whichever 
angle is necessary to be taken for that individual. Yeah. Okay. So what are the common issues then that most people have that are probably loading with their unconsciously loading and they don't realize like just maybe like two or three common examples. So for example, if you have low back pain, all right, we want to have a look to see how that back is moving. Um, so we look at how the feet may be moving to absorb the shock that then translates up through the spine. Another thing, sorry, maybe a better example would be if you have anterior knee pain, all right? So we're looking at the biomechanics of that. This condition often is caused by a compression of the kneecap against the femoral upper thigh bone, and it should sit within the femoral groove. Structural alignment of maybe the pelvis or the spine, including the thorax and the ribcage, is not symmetrical. All right. So again, it results in non-optimal biomechanics through that knee joint, causing the muscles to maybe pull, you know, in one direction more than another. And likewise, the foot as well. If you've got a foot that's either very, very compressed, one of the functions of the foot is to absorb shock. Right. So if it's very, very compressed and it's not allowing that shock absorption capacity, it will come up and stress that knee joint more than it would do normally. Mm, right. And I think that's another thing is like, obviously people standing in just like, I can't even remember, is it kyphosis and lordosis and yeah. essentially like where their pelvis is shifted yeah. so forward yeah. or they're slump, they're standing, but they're slumping like this. Yeah. Yeah. And all of those put various pressures on the joint. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. We're not optimizing our access to our postural muscles either. Mm. So you know, which are fundamental to us loading our joints correctly. If we don't have those postural muscles in the background, then we will overuse our movement muscles, which added stresses and strains. Yeah. And then we learn that movement strategy as being normal when really it's non-optimal. Now, I was just wondering if we can talk about pain really quickly, because I think many people don't pay attention to pain in the right way. What is the definition of pain? To you in the body like if people were to like be intuitive with their body when it comes to pain what should they be paying attention to that's a really good question it's amazing how much pain people think is normal yes and you we get people coming into the clinic and obviously we want to know how chronic an issue might be so we say so how long has this been going on for and it's amazing the number of people that will come in and say oh a few weeks are oh, probably actually more like four or five months. And you're like, wow. So you've been living with this, yes. <laughs> living with this <laughs> for that long. And now it's just normal for them. Mm. So pain is a very subjective thing. And obviously different personalities, different people can deal with different levels of pain as well. So you might have someone that comes in and they've thankfully only had something you know, occurring for maybe two or three weeks. And we're like, yes, if we're in pain, what our body will try and do is move away from the pain. And so our body will probably more likely cause more problems. Yeah. So we have more of an issue of trying to find out, again, it comes back to what is the driver of the pain source, which is far harder when it's a chronic issue. Yeah. If it's an acute issue and someone's just walked down the street and sprained their ankle, then obviously it's a much easier situation. There's been a trauma, there's been an incident. That's more likely the problem if there was a wobbly slat in the road or something. Or Pain is a very difficult thing. And, and what to, to sort of put a definition to. So people describe pain in very different ways as well. So 
what we often use is we'll use a visual analog scale. So from a pain scale from zero to 10. And this gives us a subjective marker and an objective marker. So it's subjective for the patient, but it's subjective for us. So we can tell where our treatment is going. So if Mr. Jones comes into the clinic and he's got a pain scale of nine out of 10 and three sessions later, he's actually said, well, actually, you know, when you think about it, it is actually down to about a five. You know, people come in and they're like, oh, it's still really bad. It's still really bad. So it helps us put into perspective and then to put into perspective if we're getting better or, or not. Mm. And then what kinds of pains are there, if that makes sense? Because I keep hearing neural pain and then there's yeah. stiffness and then there's inflammation. It's like, can you tell the difference or they're all sort of related in a way? And again, it comes down to subjectively how people want to, you know, a lot of people like to describe things as a sourness. Mm. What's a sourness? Is it a sharp pain? Is it an achy pain? Is it a neural sort of burning sensation, a tingling, a numbness? When we question people, they're like, oh, I haven't really thought about the pain in so much detail. But what we're trying to find out as well, what we can try and ascertain from some of the pain symptoms that they're feeling is maybe what structure, not always, but what structure might be the underlying cause. Right. So, so if it's something that's sharp, is that possibly that something is tight but if yeah. it's achy more like then, an, an inflammation inflammation yes i mean let's be very broad here <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but generally if it's a sharp or a catching type of pain it might be more of a compression or a, a lack of movement a, a movement restriction if it's an aching pain or a night pain there's more likely to be an inflammation as you said so yeah and then so, tingly means usually some kind of neural compromise yeah yeah something pressing on a nerve somewhere yeah okay so that at least people start to understand like oh maybe if i'm just like sharp if it's just only centrally located and it's very you know it's only a small point then it's probably the stiffness or you know the, the joints of some kind so essentially i mean you know in physiotherapy obviously you guys do a lot of releasing right and releasing and i think maybe just for people to understand the difference is like how would you defer from a massage therapist and a personal trainer because i think you're kind of in between both but even more so obviously i'm not you're a lot more in tuned but is it a combination of both and more so yeah so a massage therapist is obviously a massage therapist they're a soft tissue specialist and Many, many people can get many, many, many results and relief from seeing just a massage therapist. However, as we've explained, the body is very, very interconnected and understanding the interplay between the joints, the neural and the soft tissue. Very often, it's not just one structure that is involved. So yes, the massage therapy may give you some pain relief and obviously allow you to move better. But what is causing that ultimately? And that's what we as physiotherapists would look at. And then on the flip side of that, the personal trainer, looking more at quality of movement, we hope, as how their client is performing the movement, but also their main focus is about strength because that's their job is to, you know, they're looking more at strength and conditioning. Their sessions are more about, are much less hands-on. Mm. Whereas physiotherapy is, and massage therapy is a very much hands-on profession. Mm. We want to feel what's going on with our hands. We want to see what's going on as well. But we 
we are a very much a manual profession. Right. So in the actual sessions, for example, there will be some manual therapy, so some massage. What other things can people usually expect in physiotherapies? I'm sure there's a lot, but maybe like five things. <laughs> so what we're looking for is we are looking to educate the individual about their condition. So obviously, it's not just a case of just being a complete passive recipient of this manual therapy. <laughs> We want to explain and, and often, you know, what they're going to then do for the next 23 hours of their day is paramount to them sort of carrying on and the, the treatment, hopefully having maximal effect. Mm. So education of their condition and why they're experiencing the symptoms that they're experiencing. We will also hopefully get to a point in their treatment where we can add a, a targeted exercise program. All right. So we're aiming to improve the musculoneural component to the underlying issue so that they can gain strength. And again, it comes down to promoting the quality of their life, all right, to make sure that they are moving optimally. They are strong in that movement. They can feed back to themselves when they're doing something incorrectly and they're going to cause the problem to recur again. Mm, okay. And if we can now just turn that into like the lactation side of things, the lactation pain of side of things, how can... I mean, in this particular speciality, what is the treatment looking like? How are you assessing? What are you treating? And then is there other things that women can already do? So new moms that are probably listening to this, that they can already do to prevent pain from coming. Yeah. So first and foremost, what I'd like to say is that physiotherapy and lactation consultants work really nicely together. So we do very, very different treatments. So I'm not taking away from the lactation consultants experience. Obviously they are the ones that are teaching the mum how to get the baby latched on properly. That's the most important is getting that right because that's a whole reason why a lot of the time is the reason why mums end up having breastfeeding issues. Other than the initial milk establishment and engorgement, anywhere down the line, women can have issues with breastfeeding. Um, pain. And it can be anyone that has experienced blocked duct or nostalgia in any way will understand and can vouch for it being extremely painful and very distressing. And if you've got a young baby and breastfeeding is your only option to feed this child, then it's very, very stressful to an already very, very vulnerable mum. So from my point of view, when a lady will come in with breast pain, what we are trying to understand is, and often can't necessarily diagnose, is whether it's a blocked duct or whether it's um, mastitis. All Can right, you explain so, what mastitis is or nostalgia is? Mm. Yeah, so nostalgia is the term for breast pain. So, and that encompasses engorgement, a blocked duct, a breast abscess or mastitis. So mastitis is, can present very similarly to engorgement or a blocked duct. It's just that the mum ends up feeling ill with it. So rather than just the local pain is also that they're feverish and they're unwell mm. and, and it's an infection. So they will inevitably need a course of antibiotics. However, physiotherapy treatment was actually devised to stop women from overusing antibiotic treatment. Because obviously if you go to a doctor with breast pain, that's red and it's engorged and it's looking rather nasty, they'll just immediately say, well, you need to take antibiotics. And if you haven't got an infection, that's not going to help. So it's really a case of trying to 
educate people as to whether they need antibiotics and or not. So a treatment, someone would come in, we would obviously have a feel of where the blockage is. If it's engorgement, it will be the whole breast. If it's a blocked duct caught early, it'll probably just be one area where we will feel a lump or a, a swelling. And what we educate women in breast pain is that where the pain is, is, is not necessarily the blockage that you're feeling. It's actually the fact that the blockage has caused the milk to seep into the breast tissue and cause an irritation inflammation. Right. Physio treatment, a lactation consultant would actively try to unblock. And a physio treatment is much more about the lymphatic drainage of that. So we're removing inflammation, like with anything that we do in physiotherapy. You know, we want to remove inflammation, irritation within the body and make things work more optimally. Mm. So the idea is that we educate women when they need to do this massage. It's very simple. It's not difficult. And how to help themselves. Mm. So we do the massage techniques, teaching them the massage techniques, which is opposite to what a lactation consultant would do, as I've just mentioned. And then we will do ultrasound. So an ultrasound therapy, so a very, very high dose of ultrasound therapy for about 20 minutes. And then we can actually use some kinesio tape placed on the breast to lift that top layer of the skin, which will help then the lymphatic system to work more effectively for longer periods of time through that day. A lactating breast is very dynamic from hour to hour. Um, it changes, right? So the physio treatment may last and work while it's happening, but then we encourage the woman to either feed or pump directly afterwards. But then what happens the next hour? Mm. All right. So we then usually would see people sort of quite closely in succession for hopefully only a three day period, maybe two days if it's responded really well. And that's generally how we treat breast pain. We keep an eye on the ladies if we think it's, it may be, they've come in early and we're not sure if it's nostalgia, they're not feeling necessarily ill, but hopefully the treatment will knock it on the head and, and maybe actually stop them from needing the antibiotic treatment. So would you say that the limit would be like if they are having the pain, but not feverish yet, then they can still come and see absolutely. a lactation I mean, pain specialist. Yeah. But yeah. if they are having the fever, possibly better to go see the doctor first or still get to see well, you guys. Go and see the doctor, get the antibiotics, see the physio at the same, you know, that day. It's, mm -hmm. it's, you know, my breast pain patients are my absolute priority on the booking list. If I'm full, I'll be like, and they've called and they've got a problem. They'll, I was like, we need to get them in today because mm. obviously by tomorrow or by two days down the line, you know, they've just had 24, 48 hours of, of really excruciating pain and, and, and a baby that needs to be fed. Yeah. Okay. Also with physiotherapy, is there any limitations to physiotherapy in terms of like, when should, if a person is feeling any type of pain, should they go straight and see a physiotherapist or should they get a massage treatment first just to like release and then if the pain is persisting that's when they would want to go see a physical is it a physical therapist and a physiotherapist the same by the way yes yeah okay. so uh, physical therapist is what they call in america right we're the same same profession okay <laughs> they've done the sort of like if they've had pain and then obviously if it's not like the sprained ankle but let's say that they're having so it's not caused by some sort of event trauma but they're just having pain in general when would you say that's when they should probably consider a physiotherapist? So obviously previous personal experience will direct someone to seeing whoever they have in the past has helped them. You know, some people will go to acupuncture. Yeah. 
some people will before they even go to a GP they'll go to a massage therapist they'll go to their chiral they'll go to their osteo it's all about previous experiences but I think from people coming in for physiotherapy and our limitations as to how we can help them really is about getting a very very thorough assessment and history of their pain so what we are looking for as physiotherapists are any red flags you know that we don't maybe there's a fracture somewhere in their body or or you know something more nasty that's going on that really needs to be investigated Mm. so which then we would then refer them on to their GP to get a referral onto a specialist. Right. I don't know okay. if I really answered your question there. No, but kind of. Yeah, 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 yeah. Would you know then what's the difference between if a person is trying to see an osteopath, a chiro, and a physiotherapist? Like when would they choose to see a physio over the chiro, the osteo? When would they be seeing that? I mean, because obviously you're not an osteopath or a chiro, but you would know people that are and your patients would have seen them. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So all these professions strive for the same goal, right? So, I mean, to take a patient's pain and symptoms away is all of, you know, that's, that's why we do what we do. And we want to make them feel better. I would also say that any therapist that is truly great at what they do and has a patient's interests at heart is, is going to be effective. However, our approaches do vary. The treatment approaches do vary. So I think... Again, I can only really speak for physiotherapy and our approach at Physiomotion. But, you know, as I said, an accurate diagnosis with a deep understanding of the underlying mechanisms of what the patient is experiencing is very important. Mm. We would want to fully understand the mechanisms. And as would any therapist, you know, we're not going to sort of dive in without knowing. I would hope all the professions, you know, stand by these very you know high standard of rules and levels of treatment that we want to withstand for our patients and get the best results for mm. the patient mm. and yeah. do you think physiotherapists in general sort of like I would imagine that the training as you said it is certified it is very strictly regimented in terms of assessments and stuff of people getting certified as physiotherapists but Obviously, there's so many physiotherapists out there, right? So how do people, what would your advice be to, if you were in the client's shoes, like choosing the right physiotherapist? Well, again, obviously, as I said, you know, physiotherapy is a licensed profession and it's recognized by the medical profession as being scientifically based treatment model. We work both in private clinics and throughout the community, in hospitals, rehab centers, sports centers, you know, just to name a few. So you could say that physiotherapy is significantly more present maybe throughout the healthcare landscape as a possible go-to. I am a physiotherapist, so obviously it's difficult to say how many people go to a chiro over a physio over an osteo. But I think that generally what we are looking for as a healthcare provider throughout those three disciplines, all those disciplines out there, massage therapy thrown in, throw that one into as well. PTs, we want the best for our patients. So really what it comes down to is, again, what the patient has experienced previously, what works for their body. Mm. You know, I mean, you know, I've said before, people might go straight to an acupuncturist. Yeah. Because it's worked and they believe in it. And that 100% is really important as well it's basically really comes down to the person and the conditions. And usually most people are also kind of referred by doctors as well, right? They're usually, is that how the system works? Is that, can someone just walk into a physiotherapy clinic? They can. Hmm. They can just walk into a physiotherapy clinic. We are 
we are not autonomous from the, the doctors. And also with many, many people with medical insurance, they will often, in order to be covered by their medical insurance, they need to have a doctor's referral. Mm, okay, so good to know. Generally how it works. Yeah, okay. And then if we could just like end off in terms of Mel, what is the shift that you want to create with the work that you do? The shift? Well, I think I've said it all before. I mean, I think, you know, any great therapist strives to make their patient feel better, all right, and, and be able to function in life whatever their lives requires of them. Every individual is very different. So you, it's really important to look at what is necessary from a treatment point of view. Are we getting this person back to playing professional netball? Are we getting this patient back to being a mum? Are we getting this patient just to be able to sit at their desk you know, at home and being productive in their day and not their thoughts just be sort of overridden by pain or discomfort? So our goals are always about what is best for that individual. Mm, yeah. And I think that's really important for people listening and watching as well, is that each person's body uniquely moves for its own body. Yeah. So the next for me to my own husband, very different from me to Mel, very, very different. Like the function of a body is the same. You know, your head has to sit on top of your shoulders and on top of your chest and everything. But yes. the movement is very different because we're all built differently. So yeah yeah life throws different things at all of us exactly exactly mm. we have different yeah we have different movement patterns different things in our lives different activities that we all do so try not to ever compare especially for new moms and I think this is my thing is really about physiotherapy and having this podcast is that I want new moms to understand that just because your friend xyz had the same pain but then it went away and they didn't have to see a physiotherapist does not mean that oh it might be the same for you or you know like to each their own is is to definitely get the help that you think you need and not think, oh, I'll just brave through things. <laughs> and Pain is not normal. Yes. <laughs> the message. Something in your body that's like, crying out for some help somewhere along the line. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's really, really important for people to understand, yes, that pain is a message. It's not a weakness to seek help for it as well. As you're talking about new mums as well, we offer antenatal classes with one of the GP practices. And what the main message that I always want to come through with that is the importance of empowering a woman with knowledge that after a pregnancy, their body will be different. And there are taboo issues like urinary incontinence that we see on a daily basis in a physiotherapy clinic. And, you know, don't be ashamed by seeking help for that. And, you know, the pelvic floor is just like any other muscle in our body and, and, it has a nerve function, it has a, a blood supply and a nerve supply that we as physiotherapists can treat and make better. So from that point of view, if you're talking about those new mums out there that, you know, their bodies have all of a sudden changed and you can make that better again. Absolutely. A hundred percent. It's not normal to speak continuously after you've had a child and it shouldn't be accepted as the new norm. Yeah. Yeah. There's always hope out there for sure. And always answers. So Definitely for new moms listening and watching and everything, please definitely go and see your licensed healthcare provider. Hope this kind of conversations help point you in the right direction and give you some answers to some of the questions that you might be seeking. So on that note, I just really want to thank Mel for joining us today to talk all about physiotherapy. Thank you so much, Mel, for coming in from Hong Kong, well, tuning in from Hong Kong. <laughs> thank you for having me. It's been great to chat. Yeah, it's been really good. And I hope you guys enjoy this conversation. And thank you so much for tuning in. Mm -hmm.